This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72-hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry. Call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. It's time to party. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, welcome to America WK. My name is Andrew WK. How are you today? How do you feel? What has been going through your mind? Well, this is one of those times where I imagine you and I are perhaps more than ever on the same page, feeling the same way, grappling with the same feelings, same thoughts, wrestling with the same fears. And it's really a small comfort, but a comfort nonetheless, to realize you're going through these shared experiences with many, many, many people around us. So I just want to get right into it. We have got to stay strong. And I'll say that again. We have got to summon a new depth of strength. A type of strength that is so pervasive that it underlies all our other feelings, actions, thoughts, and provides a foundation of almost almost unshakable strength. And I say almost because if there wasn't some wiggle room in our constitution, our personal inner self, we would probably crack. Just like a building will survive an earthquake if it has a little wiggle room. But we want to nurture a new level of confidence, almost an unfounded level of confidence, a confidence that in many ways defies what someone would call common sense. Because we are dealing with situations that also seem to defy common sense. Our grasp of common sense is being challenged severely. And we have got to hold on to our minds. We have got to hold on to our hearts and souls, our spirits, our own humanity. This is a test. 
And there should be something also comforting about that. This is just another test. Every day is another test. Every day contains within it a series of tests. Some of the tests are more challenging than others. Some of the tests catch our attention or scream out to us more clearly or loudly than others, but it's all a test to see, are we strong enough? Are we good enough? Are we human enough to survive in this world without losing the best parts of ourselves? We've got to stay strong. We've got to get even stronger. We've got to not be afraid, which does not mean that we can't feel fear. Because to be in a frightening situation and to live in an undeniably frightening world, which has never not been frightening, that would be neurotic. We can't live and deny ourselves the full range of emotions. But we do not have to follow all of those emotions. We do not have to let those emotions lead us or instruct us. Let us be led by our best and most noble feelings, not by our lowest and most pathetic. We can feel the fear and not give in to it. We can feel the fear and not let it into our heart. Keep it out of that most sacred part of yourself. We have got to rise above our weaknesses. We've got to rise above the weaknesses of others. That is what weak people do. They try to pull you down to their level. They try to let their fear infect you, infect me. They try to make us feel the way that they feel. And it's taking advantage of a human being's natural tendency to want to bond with another. We have the capability of easily relating to other people. Compassion and empathy are natural states of mind. When we see someone in pain, almost unconsciously or subconsciously, we feel their pain. We want to be able to relate to them. And the lowest, most desperate, and most terrified human beings among us will take advantage of that and try to pull us down, try to lower us, so that we then are consumed by our own lowest possibilities. We must not let that happen. This takes discipline. We have to make an effort here. Anything worthwhile takes effort and discipline, takes integrity, takes a, a matter of personal effort. The point of life is not to laze around and have it all just be completely easy, have it all just be automatic. Times like this remind us of that truth. Times like this remind us that life perhaps has always been intense and maybe we were in a bubble. We have to pull goodness out of the worst experiences. We have to. 
that is part of our discipline. That is part of our integrity. If we're going to make sense out of what might, might otherwise be senseless experiences, senseless events, let the sense that we make of them somehow improve us. It doesn't mean it, it will explain it away or undo the damage or heal all of the pain. But let it not bring out the worst in us. We have to rise above. Rise above the events, rise above our own fears, rise above especially the low behavior of the people trying to bring others down. Rise above it all, which is not to ignore it, which is not to stick our head in the sand, but actually to face it head on, to face everything head on, to not let it consume us, but to face it and then rise above it. To use the worst parts of life to somehow gain greater clarity, to pull things into sharp definition. To realize that life is very fragile and has always been. There was never a time when life wasn't fragile. There was never a time when life wasn't precious. There was never a time when we weren't at great risk. To exist is to exist in a state of uncertainty. If we ever felt like being alive had no risk involved, then we were complete, then we were insane. Then we were missing the point. Then we were deluded. We're being exposed to the reality of our own existence. And the more that we can see it for what it is, the more we will see that it's worth fighting for. The more that we'll see that we need to make an effort to appreciate it. To not be afraid, but to be rejoicing that we have a chance to live it all. To take it seriously. And not take it for granted. These are all awakenings. All these tests are awakenings. And we will not falter. We have got to stay strong. It's America WK. I'm just talking about what I'm feeling today. Stay with me. I'll be right back. America WK. With your host, Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. This podcast brought to you by My Patriot Supply. Did you miss the chance to get a 72 hour emergency food supply with free shipping for just 10 bucks? What's wrong with you? Don't worry, call 888-411-7440 right now. They have a few left, and they're selling out fast. 888-411-7440. What are you waiting for? A disaster? Do it right now. 888-411-7440. Now, the king of partying himself, your friend and mine, Andrew W.K., Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK. As always, I had a plan for the show, and uh, I've quickly abandoned it just to talk to you about how I feel. 
and how I imagine you might be feeling. You may not be feeling this way. In many ways, I hope that you're not. I hope that I can gain something perhaps from how you're interpreting existence. There's this feeling of being completely overwhelmed. There's a feeling of spiraling into madness, not only one's own life, but life in general. That the rug is being pulled out from underneath us. This is all not true. This is all not the case. Our mind searches for meaning. Our mind seeks to explain and make sense out of the world. And when you're dealing with the world, that's an awful lot to try to make sense out of. That is an awful lot of events, of people, places, and things happening nonstop in every direction for us to put into context, for us to make sense of, for us to paint into a picture that we can look at and feel that everything is in its place or at least accounted for. It's not going to happen. It is impossible to understand the world. Now, we can make generalizations and we can break things into segments and start to examine those segments uh, as, as larger blocks, like a, the pieces of a puzzle. But no matter how badly we wish that the world was a jigsaw puzzle, if you're sitting at a table assembling a jigsaw puzzle, you notice that those puzzle pieces don't change. They don't move. The images on them aren't shifting and redesigning themselves as you're sitting there trying to assemble this puzzle. You can't make the world into a puzzle of pieces. You can't make people into a puzzle piece. A person is constantly changing. Everything is constantly changing. To exist is to be in a state of insecurity. Perhaps our greatest flaw is to ever think that we can be secure at all. Secure individually, secure as a, as a, as a family, secure as a nation, secure as a planet. It's not possible because even if we secured every possible thing every unknown was taken care of we're still going to die we're still going to end all of this all those fears all the unknowns all the anxieties they all trace back to our own inevitable mortality and that is a good thing it's good to know that's where that stress is coming from. It's good to know that as much as we try to control our own life, that we still have to face the end of it eventually. There's this sense, almost like a paranoia, that underlies all that we do to a degree. And that paranoia is the ever-encroaching end of our existence. Now, we don't know what happens when we die we don't exactly know what death is. We know that it's possibly, besides being born, the most extreme event that we're going to face. And actually, it's the unknown aspect of death, much like the unknown aspect of where we are before we're born, that makes it all the much more stressful, confusing, un un unknowable, and perhaps distressing the illusion of our security on an individual level is so strong 
that we might as well look at insecurity as an illusion as well. Basically, we're going to either make it through or we're not going to make it through. And the question is, what state of mind do we want to be in when we go out? We must be strong. We can't live in a state of compromised existence. We can't allow our fear of risk to take away the things that make life worth living. You know what? Freedom involves risk. You can't have one without the other. What would be the alternative? Essentially, that we would live in prison. We would each live in a very small, completely enclosed, hermetically sealed box. A box not just in space, a box in time. No time would pass. We would have no exposure to anything or anyone else because that could possibly cause us harm. That could uh, involve some sort of unknown event that could infiltrate our very predictable daily existence. We do away with all risk or as much as possible, all insecurity. We're essentially living in prison. That's the trade-off. To have freedom To have liberty involves this extraordinary risk. I think many of us, including myself, forgot that. You see, that's what happens in these types of situations. Whether you face it on a global scale, whether you face it on a national scale, or on a very personal scale, there are times in life where we are woken up. It's a a rude awakening, perhaps, but it is a wake-up call. It's a wake-up call about what actually matters in life. I think sometimes I have resented the fact that there's more at stake to life than my own petty drama. I wanted to be able to get lost in the nonsense of my day-to-day existence, the silly, petty drama, the bickering back and forth, the irritations, the annoyances, the complaints. All of a sudden, when life gets intense, all of that stuff doesn't matter anymore. And you start to feel a little guilty or at least a little ridiculous, that you let it matter to you so much all along. You start to feel almost a little resentful that this event or this realization, that this awakening has come along and snapped you out of it because you can't return to that version of life anymore. But was that version of life really that great to begin with? Perhaps we can live better. Perhaps these awakenings, however painful, however tragic, have something good about them. We can turn them into something good. They can make us appreciate life more. Real life. Not a life of laziness, of complacency, of, 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 of BS, of nonsense. We can really get down to the business of being alive. And you know what? It's, it's completely understandable that many of us, including myself, would not want to have to face that, would not want to have to put that effort into really living, to really realizing how fragile and short life is, that at any moment, anything can happen. We'd like to think that that's not true, but that's always been the case. Anything can happen at any time. Sure, the odds could be extraordinarily small of certain things. The odds could be very high of other things. But we're realizing that we are in a state of insecurity at all all times. And in fact, that's what makes our life worth living. That we have that freedom 
We have the freedom of all sorts of things going wrong because the alternative is actually not worth living. We've got to stay strong. We cannot control everything. What's the one thing that we can control or at least have a good shot at controlling? Ourselves. How we react to things, how we think about things, how we feel about things, how we carry ourselves through this life. It's America WK. I'll be right back. A party for being alive. This is America WK. With Andrew WK. On the Blaze Radio Network. is that the death of humor has tied into all of this as well. Nothing is allowed to be funny anymore. Any joke made that deals with anyone's culture, background, anything at all, even if it is in no way malicious, even if you are clearly laughing with instead of laughing at someone or some aspect of them or their culture or whatever the case may be, not funny anymore. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. I've been trying to wrestle with the feelings in the air. And what I realize with this atmosphere of anxiety, confusion, anger, fear, and insecurity is that those feelings have always been there. And if they weren't there, in many ways they should have been. Because we should never take for granted how good we have had it for so long, how good we have it most of the time anyway. Once those comforts are threatened, boy, we really notice how nice it is to not have them threatened most of the time. Once we realize how crazy the world really can be, boy, it really is nice how lucky, how fortunate we are. Not even lucky, how hard so many people have worked to create this atmosphere that is so easy to take for granted, that feels so secure otherwise, that has this feeling of very low risk, where we get to carry on being human beings. But I must say, I feel like I myself and many of us, we have wasted this precious security. We have wasted this opportunity far too many times. This opportunity to be able to be free, to live without the threat or constant anxiety of existence, to be able to pursue happiness, to pursue truth, pursue life itself in a very comfortable atmosphere and an environment of calm where the challenges we face are largely our own challenges and not the challenges of survival. And when we see those challenges of survival right up close in our face, it really shocks us. And it should, because it should make us realize how far we've come. There was a time when just living at all was almost impossible. And you don't have to go back that far. Several hundred years ago, making it to adulthood was difficult. Doing anything in life in terms of, a, of an accomplishment, of an achievement, 
anything beyond just just survival, subsistence, was very, very difficult. And here now, we have the opportunity to not only survive with relative ease, but to pursue higher and more noble pursuits beyond food, water, and shelter. All these things become so clear. And it's always been like this. We shouldn't feel as though something's radically changing. This is the struggle of humanity to survive not only in the world, but to survive itself. Not only to survive the elements, but to survive one another. Can we do it? Well, I think we have, and I think we will continue to. And I think those that try to thwart that survival will ultimately end themselves. They do the work for us, so to speak. Not to belittle the loss or the pain. But someone who is trying to fight against the natural unfolding progression, really of humanity and the entire nature of reality, is fighting a losing battle. And they know they're fighting a losing battle. That's the whole point. They've already lost. They're poor, poor losers. We've talked about that in our past episode. This is our moment of truth. But realize that every day is full of moments of truth. That helps get perspective here. Do not give in to the fear. All right, well, I suppose we can change gears a little bit here. I could talk about this on and on, but I think the main points that I wanted to say for myself, I'm saying this for me as much as I'm saying it for you. I mean, I don't know that you need to hear this. I need to say it, though. Feel my own mind going crazy. You know what th- these times make me think of? It makes me think of how fantastic it is to just be able to be with friends and family and laugh. To be in a warm blanket with your family, laughing and cuddling. That, that that's as good as life ever would have to be. I never would think about things like that otherwise. It makes me think about what does it really take to be happy? What really matters most at the end of the day? If everything was taken away, what would be the one thing I would still want or still need to be happy? And it's really just those types of feelings, those types of experiences. Not to say that we don't want everything, But you really get some clarity when you're forced to confront your own existence, when you're forced to confront your own own doom, so to speak. Because we are all doomed. That is the nature of going through life. But it's what being alive does to us that is most important as we approach that. Can we hold on to our dignity? As we approach our own doom, can we hold on to our strength? Can we pass any of our best selves along to those who will outlive us? Give them something to carry on. I just feel like all of this is a test. It's all an incredible test. 
And we've got to keep perspective. That's one of the most challenging aspects of life in general. You know, how many times have we been faced with extraordinary challenges and somehow made it through? Not unscathed, perhaps a bit battered, perhaps very battered. But we have always made it through. Getting so caught up that we lose sense of that grand arc of history is a real shame. It either means we have a very short memory and probably a very weak spine, a weak backbone. We've got to see how far we've come. It doesn't necessarily make the problems any less intense, but it certainly puts them in a, a more manageable framework. And you know what? There are some problems that will never be solved. There are some problems that are not meant to be solved. And in fact, in that way, maybe they're not even problems. As I said, maybe they're tests. They're tests to see what we'll do when we're faced with problems that cannot be solved. What will we sacrifice? What will we lose of ourselves? It's almost like a trick. It's almost like a, like a, like a, a con. We cannot get conned. We cannot fall apart. We cannot get so overwhelmed that we lose track of who we are, of what we are, of where we have come from, of where we're still going. We're still going to get there one way or another. That's why all this effort that some people make to stop it is so, it's really embarrassing. It's humiliating for them. It's like trying to stop the globe from spinning. It's trying to stop the sun from rising. It cannot be done. All it does is create panic, a sense of flailing, like a temper tantrum. When a child is overtired or feels frustrated, they lash out. It's America WK. I'll be right back. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Coming up today on Pat and Stew. What happened to you again? And you, I don't know. You're, what are you faking? I was, to get a, out of work I was like a bar fight. Bar fight. And, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was protecting somebody in <laughs> You can't even keep your lies going with a straight face. Uh, this is a, an old... No, uh, no, this is not an old one. This is where uh, I uh, fell. Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Listening to America WK with Andrew WK. Welcome back to America WK. We've been talking about feelings of anxiety, confusion, of overwhelming fear. I think probably the most common sensation that encompasses all of those various emotions is just pure, unrestrained worry. 
worrying. We should not worry. We cannot worry. If the best thing to do about worry is do everything you possibly can to approach a problem or potential situation, and then using your own discipline, you stop worrying about it. That's the thing. It's not easy to do. If you've been in a car accident, it's very, very, very challenging to not worry about driving, to not worry about cars, to not worry about another traffic accident. But after you've done everything you possibly can, from getting a car with a good safety rating to improving your driving skills, becoming a a better defensive driver, perhaps, or perhaps even deciding to no longer drive a car to start taking trains or buses or riding a bike or walking or doing whatever it is that you can do to address the concern, to address the anxiety, then your discipline must take over. Our discipline must alleviate that worry. Because the worrying does nothing except ruin our lives. And that is what so many people want. No one can kill everybody. No one can attack everybody all at once. No one can destroy the entire world. But certainly people can make others and maybe many, many others, worry. Do not give those people the satisfaction. Do what we can, and then use our discipline, use our principled integrity, our commitment, our focus, our control over our own minds to not worry. It's not easy. That's the whole point. It actually takes a lot of effort takes a lot of effort to do a lot of things in life. It takes a lot of focus. It takes practice. It takes repetitive commitment. It has to become a habit that you simply do not play their game. It's like bullying. What's the best way to deal with a bully? Well, you can learn to defend yourself. You can make simple choices that don't put you in close proximity to that awful person, but nothing is more effective than ignoring the bully and not ignoring it or the problem or the bully in a way that denies its existence, but you don't give that bully that power over you because that's what the bully is trying to do. When I was bullied, I worried about being bullied 90% of the time. I was only bullied maybe, I don't know, 10% of the day. It was the rest of the, of the day, the 90% that I wasn't actually being bullied, that I was afraid of being bullied, that I was nervous about seeing the bully, that I was completely consumed with dread. And there'd be some days or even many days in a row where I wouldn't see the bully at all. And then I remember one day actually very clearly when the bully, this was in elementary school, This guy used to take my lunchbox, and for some reason, I was always paralyzed into responding when he would call me out. I think maybe there was, at that age especially, this hope that 
Maybe this time he wasn't going to be mean. Maybe this time he wasn't going to take my lunchbox. Maybe this time when he called me over, usually in a relatively nice voice, maybe he wasn't going to trick me. And eventually I just learned to ignore him. And there wasn't much he could do. I had to uh, stop playing along. Stop playing into that game. Obviously, the situations that we may be facing are much more complex and much more extreme with much more at risk than an elementary school bullying dilemma. But perhaps there is some similarity there. And perhaps we can think through our lives to times when we did feel just as distraught. Because for a young child, your world can feel like it's ending when dealing with an aggressive classmate. It can take over your life. We cannot worry. We must stay strong. This is all a chance to develop our qualities. This is all a chance to see how strong we can be. It's all a test. It is to see how our character responds when it really matters. It's not just a drill. This is actually happening. How are we going to react in this moment of truth? And we all have a different part to play. We all have a different task, a different role, something to fulfill specifically. For some people, the most noble and beautiful achievement would be comforting children through this atmosphere of high anxiety and confusion. And that, in a way, is even more important for that person to do than fighting anybody. It's America WK. Stay with me. This is America WK, hosted by your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Jay Severin. We oughtn't do it is a stupid and illegal opinion. Do it! Have a border, like other countries. Enforce our law. Have a border. That equals, not an opinion, that equals the law of the United States of America. Jay Severin. Weekdays, 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern. On the Blaze Radio Network. It's time to party. This is a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. America WK, with your friend and mine, Andrew WK, on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to America WK. This is Andrew WK, and we've just been going, uh, I've been going as deep in as I possibly can to the feelings in the air. The feelings in the air for, I imagine... You, certainly for me, I will admit I've had nightmares lately. 
that I feel pretty confident in saying have been caused or at least partially caused by the climate of anxiety. And I feel very passionate about not even fighting back against this anxiety, but somehow transmuting it, turning it into something that makes us better people. One thing I've noticed, and this to me is truly heartwarming, is there's something that happens to human beings when they're going through trying times together. It's an extraordinarily beautiful thing. And if this isn't proof of the possible good that can come out of bad, that can come out of evil, I don't know what is. But have you noticed, rather than a feeling of suspicion, when I'm going through day-to-day life, when I'm traveling, when I'm around other people in public places, whether it's shopping centers, restaurants, the gym, just driving down the street, at the gas station, rather than anxiety and fear of the people around me, I feel a common bond, an unspoken understanding and solidarity with all these strangers that never even crossed my mind before. I feel this sense that we're all in this together. And there's something very powerful about feeling a oneness because I can assume that most of the people I'm around don't want to die, don't want to kill me, want to protect themselves, their loved ones, and me. They want to protect what we have together as a society, as a town, as people out and about living their lives together. And all of a sudden, that stranger that I see at the gym on a regular basis, I feel a connection to that person. That's a real connection that I realize also was always there. But it took this type of reckoning for me to actually even notice it. That I had a shared sense of a shared sense of purpose. A sense almost that we had each other's backs. Unspoken understanding. That was very powerful. And I urge you to look for that. And again, to realize that it's always been present. These times can bring out the best in us. Because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be extreme one way or the other. And it's either going to bring out our best or it's going to bring out our worst. What will it bring out of you? What will it bring out of me? Thinking about all this before, uh, before the show today, I was trying to think of times when I have felt like this before. And this may be a rather trivial comparison, but perhaps that will be helpful or at least entertaining. The last time I really felt something like this, and it wasn't as strong, I'll admit, but a type of worry, a sense that my entire world was literally shifting and falling apart before my eyes. 
everything that made day-to-day life what it was was called into question. And what, 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 what caused that was not some cataclysmic event. The last time that I felt this way, and this might, again, sound rather silly, but if you've ever encountered this, I'm sure you'll understand where I'm coming from. The last time that I was really pushed to my limit and started to lose my way was because of bed bugs. Now, even just saying the words bed bugs makes me cringe. It's almost like a cursed word. You almost feel that saying that word, saying bed bugs, will somehow cause the bed bugs to come. You almost don't want to acknowledge it. There's a, a paranoia that develops if you've ever had bed bugs. Because what happens is that life as you knew it, material existence that used to seem so simple and straightforward is suddenly shattered by a microscopic, well, maybe not microscopic, but by an animal no bigger than the head of a pin. It can turn your life upside down. Literally. It can turn every piece of furniture into a hostile enemy. Now, I've been lucky because after traveling a huge amount, staying in endless hotel rooms, I mean, probably really thousands, tons and tons of traveling, moving around from house to house, living in cities. It only happened one time where I, this was relatively recently, was in Dallas, Texas. And I'm laying there in bed. This is a nice hotel. You know, not the fanciest hotel in the world, but certainly not a flea bag hotel. But I start to feel this kind of uh, unmistakable, pinching, biting sensation. I was half asleep, half awake. And by the third or fourth little itching bite, I could tell that I was being bitten by something. Now, that is not that uncommon because I've been bitten by mosquitoes many times. Mosquitoes seem drawn to me as they seem to be drawn to certain people. So that was my first thought. But there was something different about this sensation. And although I had never encountered bed bugs before, I somehow knew at that moment, almost psychically, that I am being bitten by a bed bug. I jumped out of the bed, turned on all the lights, pulled back the covers, and I could actually see, just sitting there in the middle of the mattress, a fat, single bed bug. I couldn't believe it. I mean, it was a bed bug, and I was bitten about six times, had an extraordinarily severe allergic reaction, being someone who has been allergic to all biting insects. I mean, these, these swole up bad, real bad, to the, to the point where I had that sort of full body reaction, cold sweats, chills, and just massive, massive red welts. That lasted for weeks and weeks and weeks. Well, the problem, of course, is that once you are in the vicinity of a bed bug infestation, and although I just saw one, you always assume if there's one, there's more. 
This can then take over your life. They can get into your luggage. They can attach themselves to your belongings. You can take them with you back to your house, to other places. And I had heard horror stories immediately by doing research and talking to others of people who had to move multiple times trying to get rid of the bed bugs, tried every sort of insecticide, tried every sort of solution, burned all of their furniture, burned all of their clothing, threw everything away, and yet still had the bed bugs going around. Or were they new bed bugs? Did they move to a new place that also happened to have bed bugs? It took over their life. And not only did it take over their life, it took over their mind. And that's what happens in this situation if you look up and read about bed bugs one of the first things you'll see is it's not so much the bites that are so distressing because they are but it's not the most horrible physical discomfort in the world the toll that bed bugs take on an individual is a psychic toll a mental toll a psychological toll a spiritual toll. It's hell. It's America WK. I'll be right back. You're listening to America WK with Andrew WK on the Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. The bias against Syrian Christians inside of the Obama administration is well documented. That Mr. Obama is not about helping those who are fleeing religious persecution, and that is what those Christians represent, as they are now targeted in the region. They are becoming an endangered species. Mr. Obama's limit the clerk. Uh, we don't want more Christians in this country. We need fewer. We need more Muslims. Chris Salcedo, Saturdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. This is America WK with Andrew WK, only on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, we're back on America WK. I admit I've gone off on a tangent here, but it's a tangent that I'm hoping will illustrate the type of mindset, the damage that certain types of anxiety and worry, including very understandable anxiety, but the damage that anxiety can cause nonetheless to our state of mind. And if we think about it, our state of mind is where we live. We can be in the most luxurious, beautiful surroundings with every whim catered, every comfort seen to and fulfilled. And if our mindset is distraught, if our peace of mind is disturbed, we can't enjoy anything. doesn't matter what we have around us. If we are consumed by some parasitic thought, it will infect every aspect of our reality. And the good thing about that is that it's much easier address our inner mind, our inner state, our inner life, and improve that the quality of that than it is to have 
a huge mansion, to have every material object you've ever desired, to have all the things in life that are supposed to make it good. If we can have a good mindset, that's the most important thing. And so before the break, I was talking about bed bugs and how uh, my experience with that, it really, for the first time, showed me what it was like to feel like you were going crazy. Nothing mattered anymore except trying to live without bed bugs. And I really mean that. It, I lost all sense of, 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 of clarity, all sense of structure. Everything was infiltrated by the bed bugs. And I don't just mean all my belongings, all my stuff, all my clothes, all my furniture. Every pursuit, every interest I had, every project I was working on, the bed bugs were there too. Symbolically, they had weaseled their way into every aspect of my life. And you know what I think got rid of the bed bugs was my refusal eventually, using discipline, using effort, that I would just stopped. I forced myself to stop worrying about it. And then eventually they just, it just kind of went away. Now I was lucky. I think oftentimes it does take extraordinary efforts, but the point is also, this made me think about when I was going through that bed bug debacle, it made me think, wow, this must be what it's like if you're a germaphobe. This must be what it feels like to live in a world where your mind tells you that everything is contaminated, that every surface is diseased, that every person is contagious, that every encounter you have with life is potentially harmful, potentially life-threatening. And that's all in one's mind. Because the truth is, everything is, to a degree, contaminated. I mean, thank goodness for immune systems. Isn't it incredible that our body is designed in such a way to be able to interact with the larger world and survive? If not only survive, to actually get stronger by interacting with it, not by cowering from it. There's something very important right there that we get stronger not from avoiding the world but from actually interacting with it that we build ourselves up not by building ourselves into some kind of fortress but by going out and exposing ourselves to life that makes us stronger that must tell us something about the nature of problems in general. We don't have to necessarily seek them out. They will find us, but we don't need to cower from them. We do not let, we don't let them infiltrate the best parts of our lives. We encounter them with courage and we get stronger. And so think of any times that you've already had that challenged you, that, 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 that made you question everything, that made you feel like you were losing your mind. I mean, I imagine if you're with me right now, you made it through. How did you make it through? 
You were tested, and yet you got through. You know, it, it really is, those moments, they, they, real, they make you realize how much you've taken for granted. Even just feeling sick. I'm not sure if you remember, but there was a, an episode of this show that I did while suffering from pretty severe food poisoning. And I didn't know if I was going to be able to do the show, but I did the show. And during that nauseous experience, all I could do was think back to earlier that day and the days before and just think, oh, it was so great to not feel like this. Weren't those great times? And you realize how fantastic it is to not feel sick, to not be consumed by some problem. And I couldn't deny that I took it for granted. And then as soon as the food poisoning wore off, as soon as the nausea went away, I will admit I slipped back into a type of complacency and started taking life for granted all over again. And there's probably something rather unavoidable about that. Because if we constantly were in a state of complete awe and wonder at having this chance to exist, we might get overwhelmed all over again. The pendulum will be swinging too far that direction. But like anyone who has survived any kind of discomfort, any kind of challenge, any time that we've been confronted by a situation that has made us have to examine everything, that has made us, that's forced us to, we didn't choose to, we didn't say, oh, now I'm going to think about life. Now I'm going to think about the world. Now I'm going to think about everything. But we are forced. It's shoved into our face, blindingly bright. Well, there is something very helpful about that. Anyone who has faced death will tell you that. And most of us have probably had some type of encounter that have that has made us realize that we're alive. Because it's, it's, it's quite strange that the one thing that we seem to be able to forget most easily is also the one thing that is the most incredible of all, that we are, in fact, alive. That we exist. We should, in a way, be thankful for anything that makes that fact evident that pushes that back to the front of our mind because we can be better people when that when that truth that we're alive and that it's a miracle and it's a blessing when that's in the front of our mind we will be better at living i'll be right back it's america wk a party for being alive this is america wk with andrew wk on the blaze radio network I remember the day very, very well, and I remember uh, thinking to myself that the world had changed. I also remember in the weeks before that thinking that it sort of felt like 
And this was a young and naive thing to think, but it sort of felt like America was just, we had won in a sense. It was all, all the big battles, all the, all the dragons that had to be slayed had been slayed. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Radio show restoring your faith in humanity through the power of positive partying. This is America WK with Andrew WK. All right, we're back. America WK. This is Andrew WK. During the break, I was thinking more about fear. And obviously, this is a huge, huge topic. And we've discussed it quite a bit. Because, uh, As I've said before on this episode, we're going to feel afraid. And the question then is, how do we respond to that? To say that we're not afraid seems disingenuous and kind of defeats the point. When fear is encountered and felt, we should feel it and then move on and do something about it. The problem is if we lead with fear... And follow the fear. It can only take us down. It can only hurt us further. It cannot be given priority. Because we can see where we will go very, very quickly. If fear leads the way. When we follow fear. We will give up everything we have. Everything that makes life worth living for the promise of somehow alleviating the cause of that fear. Well, guess what? The cause of the fear is actually inside us. Because there are people out there who have such perspective, who are so advanced. Now, I am not one of them. But I can imagine perhaps a very wise person, perhaps an extraordinarily experienced person, I imagine someone who has been through a great deal, someone who has very little to lose in a a, a certain way, someone who has been to hell and back, so to speak. I can imagine that they actually might not feel fear. They might actually have transcended that emotion, or they're so far above it that it looks just like a small little dust cloud at their feet rather than a torrential and threatening storm raging above them. So for that person, who uh, I think we can all hope to become someday, for that person, they don't need to concern themselves with how to deal with fear. But for someone like me, and perhaps like you, we know that we cannot... We cannot try to follow fear first. For let's look at fear. If it is like a storm, let's say there is this huge, huge, huge storm, just uh, the most threatening storm above you that stretches as far as you can see in every direction, that threatens to wipe out everything that you know. Well, you might think, oh, well, let's cancel weather. Let's just cancel out storms in general. I'm so afraid of this storm 
And I have the option, scientists tell me, the, to actually cancel out all storms altogether. Well, that may address the fear of that storm at that moment. But then next thing you know, we're not getting rain anymore. And there's no clouds to block out the sun. And life suddenly gets pretty bad, pretty quick. We can also give away all our freedom, all the beautiful liberty that we have fought for to secure. We have fought to secure for ourselves to try to get some little extra sense of, of, of fearlessness, of security. It makes me think of uh, some person who is so afraid of someone breaking into their house, so afraid of the outside world, so afraid of being attacked, of danger, that they, they literally build a fortress. Huge, huge, thick concrete and steel walls. All bulletproof glass. Everything has wrought iron bars. There's a moat. There are electric fences. There's a perimeter that is guarded by armed security. And this person doesn't even have friends or family because they possibly could be a threat to their existence. No pets, no outside anything lives in this fortress because he's so afraid of being attacked, of being murdered by some rogue lone nut, some outside force, some malevolent army, whoever. And this person has given away all their own freedom and has imprisoned themselves for this sense of security. And then this person slips in the bathtub and breaks their neck and dies. For what? Gave away everything and still perished in a completely uneventful or unremarkable type of way. What are we really willing to give away of ourselves for some probably false sense of security? And even if it did potentially increase some type of security, some aspect of life maybe was made more secure, how many thousands of other areas of life will still be insecure, unsecured, open to harm, risk, unforeseen events. We cannot be alive and ever be fully secure. And that's okay. That's actually what makes life interesting. Because already just describing this imaginary man who has built himself into this fortress, that's not a very interesting life. That doesn't sound like a very fun way to live. It might be fun for a while. You just sit around and watch books and read movies. You know, or maybe it's like being in a, a space station or something. Just completely cut off from everything but yourself. But there's a reason that most of us don't live that way. 
because that's not what we want out of life. And we realized that to live the way we want is worth perhaps a great amount of risk. And perhaps we realize that it's worth a great amount of risk because living at all in any capacity involves a huge amount of risk. It always has. It's just the nature of existing. It's something just completely fundamental about life because I think the risk that surrounds life forces life itself to become stronger. If it was easy for life to exist, then life wouldn't have to flourish. Life wouldn't have to figure itself out. Life wouldn't have to grow and develop and get stronger. We want these risks because ultimately they're going to bring out our best. They're going to make us grow stronger. They're going to make us better at living. If we remove all the risks, we turn into something less than human. And we live something that is less than a life. It's America WK. Please stay with me. I'll be right back. This is America WK with your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Don't miss Pat and Stu. It's like, I know, don't worry about it. I got it. All right, think I got about, it. Think about think it. Think about it. Spoons. Oh. <laughs> Jerry thinks just the, the forcefulness of his voice makes him right. Yeah. And he does have a big, ballsy voice, so he just he just says it loudly and deeply and assumes that everyone's going to be like, oh, wow, he must know. Wow, yeah. He must Did know. you hear how he said that? Pat and Stu, weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. The undisputed king of partying invites you to a no-holds-barred celebration of being alive. This is America WK with Andrew WK. Well, talking with you today about fear, about anxiety and worry, about risk, about security and insecurity, about the nature of life, it has made me feel better. And I would encourage you to not be afraid of talking about these fundamental feelings with those around you and perhaps making an effort to focus on these very elemental principles rather than specifics to return in times of great distress to the core values of life that really does seem to provide a type of perspective. It seems to make sense in some small way out of a senseless landscape. Because these core values are perpetual. They don't go away. They've always been there. They always will be here. These are the things that we can control. These are the areas that we can make sense out of our own inner life, our inner strength. And reaching out to others about those qualities helps not only bring them out in other people, but 
brings, brings them out of us. Be with people now. Be with yourself now. Be close with people. Do not give in to the fear. We have made it through so much. This unbelievable progression of civilization and humanity that has led to you and I existing now has been not in any way a fluke or an accident. It has been destiny. And if nothing else, let us realize the importance of these moments that we have managed to be here to experience. We don't have to judge the quality of these moments to realize that they are precious and fragile. But we can certainly also gain appreciation for how much has gone in to us getting here. That's not just some crazy coincidence. It's all part of some kind of incredible procession, a mysterious unfolding cycle, a pattern that is similar yet always changing, and ultimately going somewhere. It is not ending. Do not give in to that fear. We are not at the end of the world. We are just in the process of existence. And how we choose to react to these pressures, how we allow them to affect us or not affect us, how we handle ourselves in the face of anxiety, in the face of an always insecure existence is what matters most. That's not to say that there aren't specific issues to address, but even while we address those issues, we must address ourselves first. We must bring ourselves to our best. As an act of defiance, if nothing else, do not let anything bring out our worst. Do not lower ourselves. Do not allow yourself to be compromised. But instead, have this be our best moment. Have this be the beginning of a new level of quality. Of making an effort, a disciplined effort to be a better person now. What better way to respond to these conditions but to be kinder, to be stronger, to be more courageous, to truly look around and realize what matters most and to appreciate it with more gratitude than ever before. Whatever you have to do to overcome those, those low feelings, do it. 
and don't question it. We're going to make it through. I don't know exactly how, but I can look back over thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of years as proof that we have made it this far. This will not be our downfall. Don't give in to that drama. Do not get conned. Do not get split apart. Do not get divided from yourself or from the world. The answer is always, how can we become better? How can we pass this test? Are you strong enough to pass this test? Well, I think together we can ensure that we are. We can bring those qualities out of each other. I love you. I care about you. Even if I can't see you, even if I have never met you or never will, I feel a connection to you. And I'm thankful for it. I'm more thankful for it now than perhaps ever before. Because that is what will see us on to another day. And I will talk to you soon, somehow or another. Take care and thank you very much. This is America WK, hosted by your friend and mine, Andrew WK. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.